Hi guys, I'm Barb and welcome to Creators Campfire, a podcast where I interview all sorts of creative people, so entrepreneurs, content creators, side hustlers and aspiring talent, and I find out more about what they do, why they do it and how they do it. Before we get into today's show, I just want to say thanks so much for joining me for this episode. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with the latest episodes. You can also follow at Just Barbs on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook to hear about guests in advance and stay up to date with guest news. On this week's episode, I caught up with Nibras Ibnoma, a product designer and writer. Nibras walks us through her creative workflow process as well as the tool she uses. We talk about the different modes needed for creativity, when to know what mode works best and at what time of the day, and Nibras shares some great tips on how to generate ideas. We also have the obligatory Rome research versus notion conversation. You can follow Nebras on Twitter at NebrasIBN and links to everything mentioned are in the show notes. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hi Nebras. Hey, hey, how's it going? It's very, it's going good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm a little bit tired, but I'm good. It's been a nice sunny day. I think it's our like last two days of a late summer in the UK. So trying yeah. to make the most of it. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I I nipped outside earlier to the shops and I was like, oh, it's quite nice. And I was like, oh, it's not going to be for long. <laughs> <laughs> and also when I was like, I looked out the window last night, uh, it was probably about this time, actually, maybe a bit, about half an hour earlier. And I was like, it's getting darker. It's like summer it is. is coming to an end and it makes me sad. <laughs> Same here. I'm a little bit scared. I'm not going to lie. I'm yeah. a little bit scared for the winter that's about to come upon us. But mm-hmm. hopefully it'll be all right. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. It should be very interesting. <laughs> we'll just watch it unravel uh, from the inside, at least. From the yeah, end. exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Stay indoors. Um, okay, awesome. Right, I uh, we digress. So, <laughs> um, to talk us through her creative workflow. So, guys, she has started this article that really got my attention, and and it's not finished. <laughs> Um, basically it outlines her creative process I guess the premise of it is that creativity is something that I guess comes to all of us in one form or another whether you're like me and don't admit it or whether you're like someone else and they're like yes I am creative but at times it can feel like it's not on demand and when it's your job then sometimes it needs to be so I think that's kind of where the article was coming from and then you talk through um kind of a process which firstly just is quite surprising but refreshing because I guess when it comes to creativity you don't necessarily think oh there's a process um so what are your thoughts on on having a process for creativity I think there is a creative process I think a lot of the times it's intuitive and so it's just um I want to say subconscious, maybe subconscious isn't the word that I'm looking for. There is a process. um, And sometimes you're just living at the process. Your brain is doing all these things. But I do think it's, at least for myself, I can step back and see the patterns and I can see the things that I do when I'm generating a lot of ideas, right? There are certain themes, there are certain spaces, certain kind of energy levels and head spaces. So I do think there is a process. Yeah, no, um, it, it, to be to be honest, as, as someone who thinks they're not creative, it's 
like I said, it's refreshing for me to know that there is a process because that is what my brain gravitates towards. I'm like, oh, there's a process to be creative. Maybe I can yeah. do it because it's like, this feels good. This feels like home. Um, yeah. So, and I remember we chatted before and I said, you're an undercover creative, which I stand by. <laughs> you're definitely a creative in denial. I, I am definitely in denial because it just it makes no sense to me I'm like give me something I can follow or a blueprint and I'll do it to me that's so uncreative right. <laughs> but, um, yes uh, maybe you'll prove your point one day but um, until then I'm, stay in denial. <laughs> <I think> I'm... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm standing with it um, okay so I guess where it starts is is having these two modes, um, a closed mode and an open mode. And yeah. it kind of reminded me of a, no, 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 a productivity book I read. Uh, it was a Chris Bailey one, Hyperfocus, yeah. uh, where he talked about a hyperfocus mode, which I believe would be the equivalent of a closed mode and an open mode, which is scatter focus and how you need both um, to kind of come together and and well, do anything because you can't be in one mode or the other all the time. So um, do you want to just talk a bit more about those two modes and how they work? Yeah, sure thing. So I was reading a piece by a friend two days ago uh, that she's writing for a case study of hers. And I think she used the, the term like research mode or research phase or like research thinking in diffuse mode, which I also like as well. Um, and one is very much, it, it's very tight and it is closed, like closed mode is a good description. Um, and it's, um, if you kind of think of like your visual field when you're, let's say you're sitting in your garden and you're just fascinated by some, uh, we have tomato plants. So you're just really honed in on one of the tomatoes because you're like, oh, is it, it's a bit green and it's half red. and you know, the world falls away and all you can see is that tomato and you keep zooming in on all its details. That's the equivalent of the focus or like the closed mode for me, which is I have I have a goal, I have a target, I have a set object that I'm focused on. Um, and whether that's like reading a piece to find an answer or whether it's coming up with... Um, or I don't know, editing a specific sentence. It's just a very target or, or target oriented and everything that I'm doing is focused on moving this single element forward, right? So my brain is just on, it has its thing, it knows what it's doing. And then the kind of open mode or this kind of diffuse thinking as my friend had written, which I really like is, for me, it reminds me of being like four years old and lying down on the floor and looking up at the ceiling and just seeing all these shapes and watching the shapes change and, and kind of play and you know it's when you're sitting in the garden again you're in the hammock and you're just looking up at the trees and you have this wide open sense of everything around you right that's kind of like the meditation reference um and when it comes to to creative work or to work in general that open mode for me is when I'm not trying to answer a specific question or to like tick a box, but I'm just going for a walk and I have the general theme in mind. And in that moment, my brain is thinking about a hundred different things and bringing ideas together and remixing them. So that's the kind of description I'd go for right now. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I guess 
again, what we're saying is that you actually need both modes. It's not like all of creativity happens in, in one mode or the other. Yeah. It's actually the whole process. It requires you to kind of flip between one and the other. It's just knowing which parts need what. And then yeah. um, just actually while we're on that, how how do you kind of do you have periods of the day that you know that you are better in one mode or another so people some people say I like I'm more creative in the evening or I'm more productive so to speak in the morning do you have those kind of times and are you aware of them yeah so <laughs> I'm just excellent at everything after like midnight which is not <laughs> helpful <laughs> so I'm like from like midnight to 6 a.m i can yeah i can basically have an idea and take it to completion and it just feels great and i'm like like full of energy and inspiration um and ideas and it's it's just a very good time to be making work um and so you know in university that was cool because i could i could write my dissertation from midnight till 6 a.m uh in kind of like adult life mm, not so good anymore um so yeah, that's in an ideal world, that would be my my window for maybe more. I think I swing quite fluidly between diffuse mode or open mode and closed mode during those hours. Like it starts off very full of inspiration. And then I don't know, it's whether like as my brain gets more tired, I can just focus on one task after the next rather than kind of being overwhelmed by a lot of ideas. I'm not sure what happens there. Um, Aside from that, I, I don't have set times of day, but I do have activities and spaces that will trigger one mode or the other and, and certain environments. So for example, like at, um, at my last job, we were based in Soho and there's in the middle of Soho, this square, that's a kind of a small park, but it's very open um, considering everywhere else is like really closed and you have buildings all around you. And so I can just walk there and, and stand there. And because it's so visually open, that will put me in a different headspace. And, and now I'm having lots of ideas. Oh, okay, that's quite cool. So I'm, <laughs> again, you're just going to say something to me, but um, I don't know necessarily when my, so to speak, most creative time is. Sometimes I'm yeah. like, maybe it's first thing in the morning and sometimes it's like, oh, it comes 10 o'clock and it's like, bedtime and I'm like now nah, I'll just pretty quickly do something yeah. I don't know if that's me just putting off sleep or if actually those <laughs> are the quieter times in the day and therefore everything else kind of falls away because nothing else needs to be done in those times but are yeah. there ways to kind of really find that out or is it just kind of playing with it and and seeing where it goes yeah so I'm the same as you the quieter it is the yeah the, the more creative I can be and well actually I say that and then I'm going to contradict myself because sometimes like having a brainstorming session with three other people is just like creativity after you know a bottle of Red Bull or something it, it's very intense in that way to answer your question though I think I think the answer to a lot of these things is it really helps to start from the bottom up and spend a lot of time observing yourself and almost collecting data on yourself. Um, and I think it was, I think we maybe spoke about this a little bit. I don't remember, but like I spent, I spent like two years being a little bit crazy and almost keeping 
close to not all the time, but like almost keeping a spreadsheet on myself and just watching the things that I do yeah. and the sort like the sort of activities that I get very lost in and I feel very much in the flow when I'm doing. Um, and I find it it's time consuming for sure, but yeah. it really pays off and it's a very helpful way of yeah, just knowing for sure when you work, right? You're you're studying you're studying yourself and it, I think it was Jim Collins who has something called a bug book where he looks himself as if he's a bug which sounds like a really funny idea but I quite like it and you know he'll just every day he'll write like you know today the bug drank a glass of water and then was clear-headed for an hour <laughs> yeah, okay. you know like a really intense way to approach it but I think a gentle version of that is really helpful and just watching yourself over time interesting yeah there's a lot of people that are pro time tracking or yeah uh, yeah doing that and i i want to but also can't be bothered I <laughs> but i know you. it will pay off because i try and do it without tracking i try and just be aware of things like at yeah. work i'm like am i more productive in the morning or is it i know that period after lunch is a no-go for, for most things right um, an hour but beyond that sometimes I'm productive in the morning and sometimes I'm can be quite productive in the evenings uh, yeah. like the afternoons and I can't kind of gauge it but maybe I do need to play around plus yeah. I get other data that sits in there right like sleep and food and exercise yeah. and, that. and maybe it doesn't have to be as restrictive or time consuming as time tracking right maybe it can be a few notes when you journal and then over time looking at like you know if it's a sentence each day and, and you're just trying to observe one aspect of yourself um that can also give you quite a lot of softer data that i think is nicer to collect that's a good point i'm definitely i need to pay more attention because i really want to i really want to get this down it really annoys me <laughs> um, okay enough about me so going oh, back okay. <laughs> going back to the actual process then so mm. i can count I think you listed out seven um, different phases um, mm -hmm. of it. Uh, mm -hmm. Is it cool to just go through them in order or is there a better approach? Yeah, we can do that. I'm just flicking to the doc as well, by the way, so I can look at it with you. But yeah, we can go through them in order. Okay, awesome. So um, it starts with a question or a challenge. And I guess this one is fairly self-explanatory in that yeah. you have a brief or you have something you're trying to solve so I don't know if there's more to add around that one yeah I think that's yeah pretty straightforward right there's a brief there's something you're trying to solve or you know it can be a personal question as well kind of like like you know answering the question of when am I most creative or how do I become more creative that that's that's a design challenge in a brief in and of itself right yes okay <laughs> yeah that's true I, I am gonna work it out I promise um okay <laughs> Um, and then we go on to the research phase. Right. Now, I, I'm i a researcher, naturally. And again, I don't know if it's procrastination um, of the bigger issue, but I love getting stuck into this particular phase. But are there, I have no defined approach to it, though, and I have no time scale. So I guess there may be two big things. But how would you approach then this section once you've kind of got where you're, what you're trying to solve? Mm hmm. Sure. So yeah, first, getting getting some sort of clear question is really helpful. The research phase is, I think I'm the same as you. I really enjoy it. And it feels quite natural, right? And it's, 
for me, it helps to remember that so many other people have probably solved the problem that I'm trying to solve. So I should see what their solutions are at first. Um, and it's something I'm doing so much and so often that it's kind of hard to pin down. Um, it's anything from like, what books do I have in my library and what book relates to this question that I'm trying to answer. Uh, more recently, it's like, what notes do I already have in my Rome, in Rome research that relate to this topic? Um, and usually when I click on my Rome, you know, there are like, there are definitely patterns and cycles of interest and source, sorts of questions for me, right? So I'll go in and it's like, oh, okay, I've, I have like 70 links about embodiment and like 20 pages of notes and I can just use that directly. So that's quite nice recently. Other things that are really helpful are like Twitter is great. Um, I've also gotten into the habit of just asking questions on Twitter and letting people direct me to sources and books and even just answering questions themselves. Um, and so I've sometimes just said like, I'm uh, even trying to figure out a UX problem. Can someone jump on a call with me? And that's research, which, which is really great. And I'm super, super happy to be able to do that through Twitter other forms of research. I don't know, I think the rest will be, yeah, just very much overlaps. It's the research that you do as well and that I do as well. And I think a lot of us, yeah, a lot of us tend to be pretty big into it. Yeah, um, this is a problem that troubles me. Like I said, I can sometimes spend too long on this phase. How do you mm. kind of set the boundaries or stop that from happening? Yeah. It, it's so, yeah, it's super easy to do that because it's so much fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just having a good time. Right. <laughs> it's helping me to, like one of the big focuses I have right now is shipping faster to, to use Seth Godin's term, right? Like I want to move through projects much faster because I, I see the benefit of that and I get so much more energy from it. Um, so with that as a focus, just like having a really clear deadline for the project will really help uh, shorten the research window. Other things that help, the other thing that's been really helpful actually is when I think of like the UX process or I think of the design thinking process, um, one thing that was really hammered into me from the various books that I read and like, yeah, just everything that I came across is that research can keep coming back in throughout the process. And for me, that helps me stop researching, right? So like I can do a day or two of research and feel very comfortable knowing that I can probably do some more research uh, seven days down the line when I'm a lot clearer on what I'm looking for. That makes a lot of sense, actually. It's not a closed, this is this is over and done with. Exactly. I can't go back to it. It's okay, I've got enough to get started and gain some traction. Now mm. let's move on to the next stage and almost just keep going back to it as in, when it's like that iterative process, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's actually very useful. Um, <laughs> the other thing you just mentioned, Rome Research, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like go off on a tangent here and yep. apps. Um, so nice. Yes, excellent. Okay, so firstly, do you use other apps other than Rome Research before I start digging into that one? Oh God, I'm. Uh, you know, like Twitter is very crazy about Rome right now. Um, <laughs> yes, they love I'm it. very, very crazy about Rome. Yeah, I'm deeply in love with Rome and the team and everything that they're doing. I think they're creating something beautiful. Um, so Rome, diehard fan, and that's definitely the top of my stack. And it's been, 
I think I've used it for about a year now or so, I want to say, um, or maybe just under that. So it's in that year slowly eaten everything else that I use. <laughs> right, so before yeah. that, I used to like use a to-do list app. I used to use um, Scrivener for some writing as well yeah. and a few other apps. But now a lot of that I just do in Rome and use templates. Anything else that I'm using regularly? Well, I use Figma as a design tool, but that's uh, a bit more specific. Um, and I use a mix of browsers as well. But again, that probably doesn't relate too much to this, I'd say. Okay, so so your kind of second brain or whatever, so to speak, is, is Rome. That's your go-to. Yeah, absolutely. By now, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't converted right. <laughs> a lot. Uh, about it and yeah. I've been very tempted yeah um, I'm currently a notion fan okay nice yeah been, uh, for a while um, yeah that's interesting um I don't know if you saw the article from uh, it's a nest labs article about the three different types yes. of people right and yeah, I was like that's why I yeah 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 I was right. like that's what I like um, notion I was like make sense now but in terms of of Rome what is it that you like most about it and that you wouldn't necessarily get elsewhere oh <laughs> I'm just like okay no brass don't go off too much <laughs> what do I like most about Rome I think again I, I'm just gonna sound like I'm parroting the hype machine you know but it's for me it's the best it's the first and I wouldn't even call it a note-taking tool, but, you know, just kind of web app thinking tool that does really mimic the way that my brain works. And so I, I think I forced myself to be an architect for a really long time, but being a gardener feels so much better, right, to use, to use the Nes Labs sort of metaphor. And so Rome frees me from that need to impose structure and to impose hierarchy. And because of the way my brain works, which is just sometimes a lot of disjointed rapid fire ideas coming up randomly throughout the day. Uh, Rome is really beautiful. I don't have to, an idea comes up and I can just put it down in the daily notes and trust that over time, everything's organizing itself. And then I can go in and find patterns and find themes. Um, I really like Notion as well, because I really like pretty looking things. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and so, I like Notion as, um, again, remembering a friend's article, uh, he described it as, you know, Notion is like the storefront and Rome's the workshop, right? And so Rome's where you come in and you're cutting the wood and you have your metal everywhere and you're putting things together. Yeah. And Notion is where you display things quite beautifully for people to come and interact with. Um, and I quite like that. That's actually very cool, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. So. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm attempting to build the Notion version of what people get in Rome. Yes, it's Notion because it's just like I said, it's the way that my brain works, and I know that yeah. other people have it. So it kind of goes back to that slip box idea or Zettelkasten or whatever, whatever mm. you want. It, right? It's all these nuggets of information that you get, and it's it's kind of storing them, and then. Yeah trusting that you can go back and I guess that's the difference between Rome and Notion and that it's already built in in Rome it's right. like no thinking you just 
you go. Exactly. Um, whereas Notion, you, yeah, you have to build it up to match what you mm -hmm. want to do. <laughs> right. But, okay, that's, that's very interesting. What do you like about Notion? I like the structure. Right. Um, so, again, I like pretty things and I like them to look good. And if something doesn't look good, I don't want to use it. Yeah, so, I get that. I'm not a huge fan of like the whole markdown text editing. So like for instance, drafts, drafts is great for just jotting down ideas. Mm -hmm. But when I look at my notes, I'm like, oh, I, don't, I can't look at this because right. I just want to bold this and make this colorful and, and pull out things here and there. And, and I can't do that. Right. And it, it kind of bugs me <laughs> that my right. notes don't look pretty. Um, there's, there must be some connection that it helps me connect things when I can play around with it and pull things out um I'm sure mm. I would get on with Rome if I gave it the time because like you said the idea of just going through the day and dumping things down is good but I guess the other thing that Notion forces me to do is actually review them right. so I will go through my day and, and do my brain dump and, and jot down random ideas but where I want to get to is that I'm reviewing them at the end of the day because right. half of them could be crap um, and I'm just I'm, I'm definitely a minimalist and I hate waste mm. um, so the idea that there's a bunch of things out there that mean nothing or I can't really remember or just make no sense to me I'm like no I don't I don't want them in my thing I need to get right. rid of them <laughs> so yeah but also I, I can put I'm an analyst, so I can put stats in there and stuff, right, and create tables, and mm. that makes me very happy. So I have now my daily page where I can go in and write all sorts of potentially pointless stats about my sleep and my mood and, you know, that sort of right. stuff. But it's it's separated and it's in blocks rather than freeform. Mm. And that, that just makes me happy because it's organized. Yeah, that all makes a lot of sense to me. By the way, side note, plus one point for you being a creative, you know, you like to like to make colorful pages and bold everything out and make it look nice. Is this another? I mean, <laughs> giving myself away. <laughs> um, if, yeah, a point from me is it, it doesn't actually look as good as I want it to look. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, like you see some pages and you're like, oh, damn. Yeah. But again, yeah. again, the reason, right? And But the reason I don't, Again, it keeps coming back to the reason I think oh, I'm not that creative is because I can't do that without seeing other people's things. Like my mind doesn't envision it until I see it. I so I can't come up with an idea, but when I see it, I can take it, adapt it to to my own needs. But I, like I think I said this to you last time when we spoke, yeah. I can't think outside the box. I'm very, you know, like here this is how it's always been done, this is how you do it. And until I see another use case, I'm like, there's no other way of doing it, guys. And right. I was like, someone's done it. Okay, now I can see it. Right, right. I, I do feel like that's, yeah, again, I, I do feel like that's how you build up a library, right? Like you, you learn language by growing up hearing sounds for a very very long time and you spend like i don't know how many however long it is before babies can speak their first word just soaking in language soaking in these sounds and then you start to mimic 
and then you mimic words and sentences and then eventually you start you know forming your own sentences and trying to express this like internal subjective experience that you have using this tool that you have and i think the same thing in my mind applies to all forms of creativity right so like i'm sure right now you're seeing notion templates and you're like you're seeing all the things that you can do and you know i'd be willing to bet money that like in two years of doing that or however long it is you'll start making your own completely new templates by remixing everything and to me that is creativity right it's just taking everything that exists and remixing it so that it, it suits you or so that it moves through kind of your filters and your experiences okay you might be winning here okay let's come back from the nerd sidetrack uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> by the way you can review in rome if you want we can i'd, I'd be super happy to do like a, a rome run through for you okay. <laughs> not not to be advent on converting you but can definitely show you how like daily reviews and weekly reviews and kind of um bringing up notes again resurfacing them how that works and how it can be set up that would be cool actually because i'm one again one thing that i want to do that i haven't yet incorporated into my kind of weekly whatever is the weekly review right um, so yes i i'll do my end of day little checklist and you know the usual gratitude and, and those kind of things right. and this is what again what i want to do is have like this is what i've learned or these are the things that the more creative -y things so just right here's what i learned this week here's what i found out here's the thoughts that popped into my head mm that kind of review to me would be super useful um so yeah good good shout maybe but let's let, let's do that that would cool. be fun um okay cool so okay next up is incubation um mm. which i like because my mind went oh no work but, but um, so um i don't again this isn't a new idea but yep it's kind of like you're kind of staring at it and you can't think of anything or whatever or you're maybe stuck or you get to a point where you're like i'm just going around in circles or i'm not actually moving the needle so to speak i'm just doing which i do all the time with my spreadsheets and i will get so into it that i'm like hang on take a step back you, you've done nothing in the last hour other than you know mess right. up. so um so the whole incubation idea is to just step back and take a break right mm -hmm. exactly step back and take a break I can and talk about continue. Yeah, no, no, go on, go on, you go. No, no, you go ahead. I insist. <laughs> okay. Oh, I now can't remember where I was going. Um, yeah. Oh, so, so how do you know when you need to take a break? Cool. Good question. So, how do I know when I need to take a break? Um, I think it's exactly as you described it. Like when the effort that I'm putting in is just not worth the results that I'm getting. Like it's it's seven p.m. or it's seven thirty or it's eight, and I should definitely be leaving the office. I mean, you should always be leaving the office before that. But you know, I've just been like staring at this piece of paper for an hour and a half, and I'm making such little progress. And that's just a very clear sign that like things need to stop. I've just ran out of juice for that day or it's not going to go any further. Um, sometimes as well, like a, a kind of particular type of frustration um, or sometimes getting caught up in a loop where I'm just 
coming up with the same idea or same answer again and again and again, and I'm not seeing any other opening is also a clear sign. Uh, the other more recent development as well is that I'm becoming a lot more kind of wooey and feely. And if we'd had this conversation a year ago, I would have like been really giving you some like really full on answers when it came to like what tools I was using and what tech I was using. Um, and this year it's a lot more like I pause and I feel into my body and I see what my body feels like. And if it's very tired and quite heavy and quite tense, it's probably time for me to stop. And I'm trying to just use a bit more of that as a kind of director. That's quite a skill though, right? Yeah. Because but I don't I mean, think I could do that. <laughs> oh, I, I think I think definitely like a bit of meditation helps, but also just a lot of doing it, like a lot of just being like, what does, it sounds strange, but like, what does my hand feel like right now? Like, what's the experience of my hand and, and getting a, a sense of that and then just like expanding that outwards to encompass more of your body. It's like, okay, what does that feel like? What word can I use to describe it? Um, and starting to take that more as truth than the thought in my head, because usually the thought in my head says, keep going. Um, and it's very often that the body's saying, nah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> we've gone too far now, let's relax. Okay, that is, I actually probably have the opposite problem because I'm incredibly lazy. So if there's any chance I can stop, I'm like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Like that. I think yeah, it's yeah. a great problem to have. Just, well, you say that, but it's so irritating when you know. So it could, right, it could be like, Two, three o'clock in the afternoon. And like I said, I'm, I'm a 5, 5.30 shut down kind of person. Mm. Um, and I'm like, okay, I've got a couple of hours and I've got this thing to do. And I will just, I'll just be like, Wah. and I'll dawdle. And I'm like, why? And then I end up staying till 6, 6.30 because I'm mm. like, I totally screwed around. Um, and then I'm like, ah, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow, right? Because it's, it's 6.30 and my brain is dead and I just need food at that point. Yep. So, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> mm, mm. But I don't think it's a, I don't think it's like a reflection on you. I don't think it says anything bad about you. I think it's probably just a sign of a system that's functioning really well. Like I was having a very short conversation before we had this call um, with somebody who had a report to work on. And, um, you know, and she was saying there was a lot of back and forth and she kind of like left it to the last minute. And it's like, well, yeah, of course you have. This isn't a thing that you would choose to do for fun. <laughs> like no part of your brain or body would choose yeah. to spend their time this way <laughs> if you had the option. And so, of course, the only time you're going to do it is when there is like a real hard, sometimes scary deadline if there is no intrinsic interest or motivation. Right. So that to me just feels like, okay, that's how a healthy human being functions in this kind of system that we're in. That's a very good point. Because if I was working on something I enjoyed, I, I wouldn't be putting it off. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to stop. <laughs> Food, what's that? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, now that, that's a very, very valid point. Okay, cool. So next up, and I think this is um, kind of a bit more of the interesting Mm. Um, part of, of the process is is the generation, um, I, I guess, of ideas, unless I'm being really stupid. Yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, cool. Okay, yeah. so you've started, you have a question or you have a brief or whatever you're trying to solve. You've done a bunch of research just to get you started. 
if at any of that point, you know, you needed to break or whatever. And I guess the incubation period pops up again and again rather than it being its own yeah. necessarily phase. Um, yeah. And now it's time to actually do some work, right? And, and right. start to solve the, the problems. Uh, yeah. What does that look like and how do you start? Sure. So before I go into that, I'd say like with with what I think of as like incubation or what I'm calling incubation here, it's I think it's good to take breaks. I think that part is actually more disengaging and letting go of the problem or the thing that you've been focusing on. Um, and, and so it's, it's a very active phase of inactivity. <laughs> For me, it's like a thing where the more time I give myself away from consciously working on this problem, the better the generation phases. Um, and like the really extreme version of this, like incubation is, I played around like a few months ago with doing the first stages, right? So like getting a question, researching it and what I do, which is wild and worked so beautifully is before I go to bed, I'd write down a question. And so maybe the question is like, I have a campaign to work on tomorrow and um, I have this client and I have this object and I need to come up with some sort of video campaign, for example, let's say. And while I'm just awake, I can't really come up with anything that interesting. And I'll pose the question and I'll go to sleep that I won't do anything. And I wake up in the morning and first thing in the morning, I'll have like three incredible ideas that are better than anything that I can come up with during my day. And that's the most extreme use of that sort of incubation phase married with that generation phase. That's and it worked so well that there were so many good campaigns <laughs> that literally came out of just going to sleep and waking up in the morning and saying like, okay, what's here? Write it down and then let's take that and work it out. That's very cool. Do you find you go to bed actively thinking about it or you literally just write the question down and and forget about it? Yeah, so I'll, I write the question down quite like almost two or three minutes before it's really head on the pillow time to sleep. Yeah, And then I don't control it very much. And then I kind of just let my mind do what it wants to do. If it wants to ruminate and fixate on the question, it can. And if it wants to, you know, drift off somewhere else, that's okay as well. That's very cool. I might try that. It's so much fun. Try it. Yeah. Try yeah. It. And then you'll be like, this is magic. <laughs> this is what it is. Okay, give me a question. I don't have one. <laughs> I have nothing that needs solving right now. <laughs> Your question can be, am I, am I creative? And then tomorrow you'll wake up and the answer will be like, yes, 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 in three different languages. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. I'll let you know if that happens. <laughs> um, okay, cool. I've lost my thought process. Where was I? Well, so next okay. was generation, which I yes. can jump right into because I, I kind of went back and came back around. Um, so generation is a lot of fun, and there are so many things you can do here. Um, I do definitely like the go to sleep method. <laughs> That's my favorite. It's excellent when it works. Um, and generation is uh, we go back to that open mode, which, you know, like I said, it's kind of playful. It's silly. There isn't, there usually is time pressure, but some way, somehow you want to make yourself feel as, as if there isn't time pressure. Um, and here there is, let me pause and actually think about the words that I'm saying. Um, 
I think here it comes back to that remixing that we were speaking about earlier, right? So you have your research, um, you have your question, you have your various elements and you can add them together. You can subtract one from the other. You can play games, you can have conversations. Um, I like to go on walks and again, to really lean into the, what for now I'm calling woo because I don't have uh, the language or the like evidence aside from my own experience to explain it. But one thing that I've really enjoyed playing with for a generation is using movement and noticing that if I'm sitting down at my desk and I'm trying to come up with 20 ideas for, I'm trying to come up with 20 ideas for a platform that we're building um, or a feature on that platform, I come up with very different ideas sitting down than I do if I walk around the entire office, than I do if I um, skip around the office while everyone else looks at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, it's okay. Exactly. Look, you want good ideas? Yes. Let me skip. <laughs> um, and then, then I do if I go for a walk around the part of the city and I change the pace of that walk. Um, and it's really interesting to play around with how moving your body in different ways changes the types of ideas that you generate. So I quite like that approach. Um, there's yeah, there's a whole list that I, I will add to this article and then I'll share with you that I wrote down for myself. And I wrote it down specifically when I got very, very stuck. And you know, so one of them could be like, reverse the idea. Um, let's say the idea is that you uh, you have this podcast where you interview people and the reverse would be you bring in people and they interview you and the podcast is always you and you're always being interviewed by a different person and how does that change you and change the answers that you give and what comes out of that right um and so that's just one tool <laughs> it would be cool wouldn't it it would it be quite a lot of fun cool. actually yeah i mean not with me because i hate being interviewed but that's a very cool <laughs> i like it yeah and so there's there are lots of little um you know you can call them like jams or kind of cards or tools that you can use for changing the shape of an idea and pushing it in different directions yeah, I'd say that about covers it for um, for that sort of generation period or generation phase. That's okay. That's cool. I have a question. So yeah, I am. It, it kind of goes back to the two modes. Um, yeah, and and maybe probably how I am as a person. But if I'm sitting down at my desk, and actually maybe environment as well, kind of exactly what you're saying. If I'm sitting down at my desk, I don't necessarily have ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> But like you said, if I'm walking around, things will pop into my head. Yes. But the second I go to write them down, I lose that creativity. But then if I don't write them down, I'm going to forget them. <laughs> what mm. is the solution? <laughs> <laughs> I need definitely. some kind of Iron Man, like, assistant in my head. That's yeah. like, ah, okay, <laughs> I got it. Because my, <laughs> the ideas in my head, like, I'll start writing emails to people in my head and I'm like okay this is perfect it's worded great and I'll go and sit down and I'll go to write and I'll be like this is nothing like I thought and what is this is it rubbish so yeah how how do you fix that <laughs> <laughs> I spend so much of my life like diving towards my phone or a notepad 
<laughs> just like in an ever state of like where where's the newest thing that I can write on you know exactly that's like just jot it down as quickly as possible <laughs> um, which is risky and very dangerous but it seems to be the only way to capture all these mad ideas um I find like when you're walking I've been using voice notes and recordings a lot more um, and using particular an app called Otter which is really great yeah because you know you get your audio recording exactly exactly and you get your transcription as well um and so i've done a fair bit of that it's also surprisingly useful to just talk to your phone as you walk and it's a very different way of generating ideas so that's pretty cool um yeah like i said lots of diving and grabbing the nearest (laughs) okay very cool because um i i did go through a it wasn't even a phase. It was literally, I tried it twice. I tried the voice notes thing. So yeah. draft, obviously the voice notes or whatever. But by the time I'd spoken it, it was almost the exact same as me writing it down. I'm right. like, I've completely, but maybe if I was continually just talking to myself, then there's yeah. no break. It's just, it's talking out loud. I might try it. Yeah. I wonder if it'll be any different. Um, Give it a try. Do do a bit of walking, uh, talking as you walk for like 15, 20 minutes and see how it feels. The other thing that I'd I'd say is notice notice the difference between when you're having an idea and you haven't attempted to capture it. So there is no critic and editor. You know, the critic or editor is still like asleep or inactive. And I think what happens for me and for a lot of people as well is the second you try and write it down, that's when the critic wakes up. And I think that's sometimes why it can lose that feeling of magic because before it was, it was pristine and unjudged and just this like pretty newly born baby. Right. And the second it comes into the world, your critic is like, I don't like its hair and its feet are too big. (laughs) And then you, you lose that feeling and it's, Oh, okay. I don't like this anymore. So maybe, Maybe notice if a bit of that is happening. That is definitely happening. Wow, that was a light bulb moment there. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, because the second it's, I start to write that, I'm editing as I'm writing. Yep. Because I'm like, oh, no, not that, that. And, and that's probably exactly what breaks my flow. Yes. Because, man... Okay, that was a great moment. Thank you for that. <laughs> Definitely, work. I don't know how to fix it, but at least I know what the issue is. Just, just. Um, this is the thing that, like, I've, I've put a lot of time into and a lot of experimentation in trying to to get ideas out, and also just to make without having that critic quite as active. And, and two things have helped. One is genuinely and truly lowering your standards and accepting that things are just like things can be shit and that's okay because over time they become really good and like really starting to feel that and I think that shift in feeling comes from letting yourself like write a ton of really bad ideas and produce a ton of really bad work and over time it becomes okay because you realize like oh I can have bad ideas and people still love me and I don't lose my job and you know I don't die nothing bad in life happens Um, and I think the what would the other part of that be? So one is just do it a lot and do bad things a lot. <laughs> um, yep. And the other is, yeah, like if you can slow it down in the moment and 
quite actively actually when your critic says no that's bad write down the very thing that it says is bad and, and make that quite an active exercise and just say like okay cool i hear you thank you very much for your opinion and continue to write down the next three four words um, and see what that feels like over time i'd be really curious to hear me too it's probably not going to be nice words <laughs> okay right. Actually, okay i'm i'm so gonna do that that was a great moment okay awesome um i've just realized the time and we have three phases left so oh, yeah yeah so you've got discernment iteration and refinement go yes <laughs> cool cool so generation uh thing that i think that i missed and it ties like quite nicely with what we were saying um during that generation phase you really just want to let go of your standards like all ideas are welcome um, nothing is bad, everything is loud in the space, and there, there is no judgment, there is no cutting or editing yet. Um, and so it, it's really a way to kind of, for me at least, to purge my mind. And, okay, get all the crappy stuff out, um, and eventually there will be some like kind of cool stuff. And so after that generation phase, you usually have like piles of notes um, and stuff all over the whiteboard and stuff all over your docs on your laptop. And so the next phase is here is when the editor is really helpful. And here I feel is like one of the areas in life where the editor should be, but instead it like moves into all parts of life where it shouldn't really be, you know? And so <laughs> I like to think of it as like inviting the editor in and being like, you know what, like you're great. And this is where you're great. This is where you kill it. Um, and so now you have this pile of work and the next phase is just going through it and doing the thing that you're really good at, which is using your taste and using your discernment to say good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. And you whittle down your selection until you have however many ideas or pieces that you need or artifacts that you need. Um, and so that's discernment, very straightforward. Next, you have iteration, which is when things start becoming really cool. And that's when for me like i get excited and i start to think like okay i'm making something good now it's during that iterative phase and so again you can apply a bit of what you do during the generation phase right which you can ask um you can ask things like or use how might we questions or use that reverse method or use subtract subtraction and take the ideas that you've selected and just yeah, play with them, experiment, see how many versions of them you can create, um, see how far you can push them. And again, a little bit more discernment. And then finally you reach the, the last stage, which is refinement. And, and again, I think this is where a lot of us are very good, I reckon, at discernment because we're doing it all the time. We're always judging ourselves and everything that we make. Um, and refinement, I find a lot of us are naturally very good at as well, because we're constantly exposed to very high quality art and media and, and projects. And so we have this, we have excellent taste and we have a brain that knows how it can improve everything. And, and here's like one area where you can really use that to your advantage. And so for me, it just feels like, like letting my brain do what it wants to do all the time, right? <laughs> just like, here's the world, tell me how I can make it better. And, and you know, now you're, you're kind of focusing on details, maybe at this stage, if it's, uh, if it's a design project, I'm testing colors against each other, I'm playing with um, just small changes in typography. If it's, a, if it's a video campaign, I'm refining parts of the script. 
I'm selecting, um, you know, specific elements of the environment or like objects that I want in the studio. And so it's just, yeah, cute little touches that bring everything together. So a similar question to one I asked earlier about research, how do you, again, do you put a constraint on it, but how do you not carry on refining to the point where it's just like ridiculous? Because I guess there's that perfectionist in a lot of us that doesn't really know necessarily when to call it quits and it will never actually be perfect. So what's mm. the kind of, this is, this is good enough, still great, but like it's, it's, never, it's not going to be, you know, it's not worth the extra effort to start putting in to do anything else. Yeah. So I think it, it does come with time and confidence and so much of this, for me, so much of creativity and production and making is deeply, deeply tied with emotional well-being and self-image and confidence and security. And um, without going off too much on a tangent, but in my mind, they are very, very strongly linked. The, the healthier I am emotionally and the more confident I am, the better I am at doing all of these things because the more willing I am to create a piece of work that isn't perfect and push it out. Um, and I say that it's still incredibly hard. <laughs> it's so tough. It's the toughest part of it all. Um, and so that's one aspect of it is I just find, you know, the kind of, the more of this emotional work I do, the better I get at being able to say, okay, no, this needs to go live and people will think what they think of it and the next one will be better. Um, and then the other easier thing to do is, well, there are a few things you can do. So on like social accountability, it's fantastic. Um, so I've been doing a lot more learning groups and study groups and kind of uh, making groups. And I, I have people who will see my draft when I create it and who know what deadline I'm working towards. And so they'll they'll message me and say like, hey, you've been working on this, <laughs> which my friends did a lot when I was working my portfolio, you know, and they're like, it's been, it's been two and a half months. Like, where are you or what progress have you made? <laughs> so, you, can, you know, you can really use other people for that. Um, yeah. Again, Twitter's super cool for social accountability because you can just say and someone will flag you three weeks later and say, hey. <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for personal projects, it's really good to do that. Um, and there are lots of other ways that you can make quite public, um, yeah, sort of public promises and then have to, to deliver on them, which I think is helpful. Um, I think finally working on, like having external deadlines is really helpful. It, it will just you have three weeks, you don't have an option, you have to deliver. Um, and for that reason, working on real world projects, and by that I mean things that affect other people, where other people depend on you, yeah. um, really helps with that. Because yeah, you just, someone's waiting to use this thing that you're making. And so you can't spend half a year perfecting it. You just need to give them something usable. And so it goes out that way. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, okay accountability yeah accountability is great <laughs> yeah yeah um, do you um have any book recommendations around these kind of things especially for non-creatives <laughs> um, but just kind of to help with the process or or to help with aspects of the process like the generation phase or those kind of things 
Mm -hmm. Good question. So I'll, I'll start off with maybe the slightly more kind of emotional side and then get more into the kind of like design thinking side. Um, there is a little book called Art and Fear. Okay. And it's, it's, it's very small. It's only like maybe 200 pages or so or less than that. Um, and in it, these two artists talk about teaching a group of students, you know, a, a group of art students. And it's just these notes and tips and advice but I really think it applies to everyone. Um, and so one of the stories that you'll see quoted quite a lot from that book is um, two groups of students are given an assignment to, and, and the assignment changes, but you know, it's like uh, take a number of photographs and one group of students is marked on the quality of their photographs and the other is marked on the quantity of their photographs, right? And so that story comes out of that book. It's one of those stories where you, you read it and it instantly makes you shift your priority. And instead of focusing on creating one beautiful artifact, now your energy goes into creating as many artifacts as you can, <laughs> because you know that's what leads to quality, which is what the story then goes on to conclude. Um, I do love so it. I think really, really lovely book. And it will really, I think most people will relate to it regardless of what work they do, because you'll see, oh, okay, I'll, the struggles of making art or, you know, the struggles of writing an article or building a, a platform or running a side project or a small business. So art and fear is really, really great. Um, the Artist's Way is also another really great book. I think for people to recover their creativity and kind of do a lot of, I don't want to use the word healing, but I'm going to use the word healing kind of in that area, you know, almost reintegrate that aspect of themselves. Other books. I think in general, reading about the design process, like um, not even books now, but just reading about IDEO's design process or the design council's design thinking process is really helpful. Yeah. And it'll, it'll give you a framework that you... Uh, you can just apply to your own life and your own area of expertise. Um, and so I think that's great. Other recommendations? I, I'm, I'm very conflicted about this one, but I am so, so conflicted. So design of everyday things is often very much like it's a very highly recommended book and I do think that when you read it it shifts your thinking and you start to you start to consider the way objects are designed but you also apply that thinking to again your own skills and crafts and um, artifacts I'd say probably just listen to the audiobook like you don't even have <laughs> you don't have to read the book I have a lot of opinions there um, and yeah I'll leave it at those Okay, no, that's very cool. And I think um, you made a really good point is, yes, we're talking like a specific creative process here, but actually the process itself is is for like a lot of things. It could be applied to so many different things. It's not like, oh, only use this process if you're a writer or a painter or something. Actually, it applies to everyday problems and everyday yeah. people. And it's just a framework. And, you know, you don't have to go to the nth degree with it, but as a general overarching kind of kind of process that yeah. is incredibly helpful um awesome this has been so much fun um yeah it has been it's always really nice talking to you
<laughs> you too. And thank you for taking us through that. I have picked up lots of little nuggets there. Um, and I'm going to have to go back and make notes. Um, <laughs> and I've also got some book recommendations, which always makes me happy. So yeah, I can um, look through my my list and like send you some proper book recommendations rather than off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah we can okay. chat about that later. Yeah, yeah, no, perfect. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, there's so many books. Some, some are just... Do you ever do that thing where you buy crap out of books and you're like, I really want to read them, but I just, I just, I buy more books than I can read. <laughs> it's like all the time, okay. and it feels good every single time. You're like <laughs> <Yes>. my babies, <laughs> the joy. I like I need these books. Okay, exactly. <laughs> awesome, um, Nibras. Thank you so much for joining me tonight and um, taking me through that process, um, guys. Uh, whether you're watching live or on watching on the replay thanks for watching and if you want to go and follow Nibras I will link up everything in the description below um but you can go and check her out um on Twitter is probably the easiest place to find you um yeah. and it's at I'm gonna get this wrong Nibras IBN yeah you got it right <laughs> <laughs> excellent uh, but um I will link uh Nibras's article the website and her Twitter handle her Twitter handle all in the description so you can just click it um but otherwise thanks again Nebras. it was lovely talking to you thanks for having me hey guys me again just want to say thanks so much for listening to this episode of creators campfire you can stay up to date with any podcast related news by following at just on instagram twitter or facebook Otherwise, I'll be back next week, same time, same place, with a different guest. Be well, be kind, stay safe, and stay curious. Bye, guys.